Welcome to the Green Green Grassroots of Football with me, Andy Glover. Me, Mark Quinter. And me, Ben Dressesano. And before we go further, I would just like to thank our sponsor, Rachel's Bookkeeping, for all your bookkeeping needs. Now, as you heard there, we have a new addition to the squad. Ben has joined us after making his stunning debut in episode 12. It was a long and protracted transfer saga and the agent's fees were high, but we finally got him for a record fee of two bottles of calibre, a pack of soffos and three port scratchings, which Ben still hasn't paid us. (laughs) Welcome, Ben. (laughs) Thank you for having me again and signing me on. (laughs) Uh, Tonight, we are also joined again by James Linden. James last joined us on episode two back in season one when we looked at pressures the children were facing at grassroots level with academies and the competition to win. And it's a really good listen if you want to check it out. But in the meantime, welcome James. Cheers, Andy. Okay, so this episode's another part one of a two-part special where we'll be looking at what it means to coach individual players. Then our next episode, we'll expand that to coaching the team and hopefully over the two episodes, we'll get some great content and you'll hear about the differences and challenges of both approaches. But more on coaching the team in the next episode. Okay, I usually begin with a quote, but again, for this episode, I'll start with three. Just, you know, I'm just getting bigger and bigger. Patrick Hero. Oh yeah. Uh, All the coaches in the world, it doesn't matter how good you are, If your players don't understand what you are looking for or what you want, it makes no sense. That's Pep Guardiola. A good coach must bring their players closer to their full potential or discover it. That is the main objective for the coach and one that must be occupied every day through daily work. Winning may well be part of that potential, but maybe not. That's Marcelo Bielsa. And finally, there are times not to coach. The urge is to step in and show. Sometimes it's better to let them make a mistake. Sometimes they learn more from the mistake than being told what to do. And for all you Arsenal fans, that was Dennis Bergkamp. Okay, so um, I'm going to come to James first, actually. Um, I, the only UEFA B licensed coach on the pod. <laughs> It yeah. seems like a long time ago as well. It has. Yeah. Um, am I right in saying that part of, part of the modules is coaching the player? Or was that... It, it, yeah, so... So, yeah. Like I said a long time ago, just sort of casting my mind back. But, no, a big, a big emphasis on the UEFA B was about, was about knowing your players. So, coaching your players was part of it. But the whole, the whole kind of course starts with asking you, A, a about yourself and your own background as a coach because what they're trying to tell you is that your your coaching is basically a filter of how you've grown up, so how you understand football, what your own personal views are, and different things that will affect how you coach. And then and then it moves quickly on to knowing your players. And I think um, the course, yeah, it, it's definitely, uh, when you get into the technicalities of coaching, it's about coaching um, units is a big thing. So really being very specific about how you're coaching rather than when you're, I suppose when you're doing young kid, young age groups, you can be quite general. You can have quite big themes. When you get to the UEFA B and it's talking about being a bit more specific, then yeah, it gets into specific people, specific units, and 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 how that um, how you know your player. So yeah, it does in in a, a word. Yes. 
Excellent. Okay. Um, anybody want to chip in with anything else here about what, about sort of coaching the player? Uh, Ben's Ben's looking excited here. He, he's ready to jump in. He, he's part of the team. He wants to jump in. No, I I just think coaching the player depends on like like you said in in the modules you've got to know your player. So that comes with tailoring your sessions. Then not just as a group, you do have to tailor sections of your session for individual players because some are as developed as others and some are far more advanced and then eventually as we all know players catch one another up and that advanced player maybe comes in the middle of the pack or even drops to the, the bottom of the pack and it's just same happens in school doesn't it so yeah. it's just one of those you just need to know you like you said know your players yeah mark what are your thoughts on it again they're all you have to treat them all as individuals because yeah. they are all individuals and throughout their time with you and stuff they're going to be happy go lucky but there will be times when it's and you have to manage that with them as well it's not you can't have a set it fixed in stone with them sometimes they're just you know they're, they're young people certainly at the youth football at the they might have had a tough week at school yeah. there might be stuff going on at home yeah. you exactly have to that. you know roll with them I think Sometimes you, you, you have to listen to them an awful lot as well, what they want to do, what they enjoy, what they get out of it. Um, you know, and sometimes you might have spent all week planning a session, and then if five or six of them are in the same class, they've had, I don't know, this week, for example, um, in a, under 10 girls, they've been swimming all week for two weeks. Potentially, if we have training on Saturday, they're going to be shattered. Yeah. It is pointless doing a tough drill with them because they're not going to enjoy it. They're going to be tired. They're going to be restless. They're going to, be, and we know that already as parents of them. So it'll just be fun. You probably won't get it, but you can easily turn up on a session. You've done a plan, and you can see within five minutes that giddy is high as a kite here. This is, and you've just got to let that go and. Just play a game. Yeah, and get on with yeah. <laughs> if all those spells, yeah. play a game. Play a game, and that's what they want because that's what they enjoy them. And, and that's yeah. what they learn as well. Yeah. So, I think one of the things you do have to uh, when you when you're working with individual players, we're trying to coach the player. You have to improve your own interpersonal soft skills, and and by that, things like communication, allowing the players to speak to you, because you're working one to one. That communication piece, and you're getting the feedback from them, that's very important. Um, you need to share the vision that you've got with the player you're working with. It's no good just saying, you're doing this, you're doing this, you're doing this, without them understanding why they're doing it. When you're working with a team, you're trying to do it, it's different because you're just given a generic idea. But when you're working with a player, you've got a very specific vision of what that player, where that, what the, the path you're trying to get that player onto. Um, I think honesty as well, although that's very age appropriate, you know, yeah. the older you get, I think the more honest you can be about how they're progressing, what you're trying to do with them. Obviously the younger age, if it's going wrong, you, you can't be too honest about that. You just have to be encouraging. Um, and I think finally, I think you have to support them unconditionally. And, yes. and by that, I mean, if it is going wrong, you can't get emotional yourself about it. You have to go, yep, it, it's going wrong because that's the player. It, it's a, it, they're learning. I have to keep going. Yeah. Or you, di or you didn't structure the, the drill accordingly and you think, oh, that's my mistake actually. Maybe mm. I've asked too much of the, of the individual there. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I totally agree with all of that. We'll say it is quite difficult to coach 15, 20 individuals all tailored to their own unique yeah. needs and wants. And that's where sometimes it can be a bit overwhelming because you, you go out and you might have 15 to 20 very different players, people, and and you're kind of like, you know, they've they've all got their own sort of idiosyncrasies, their own needs and demands. And sometimes you're like, you know, you get that one or two players normally that you need to talk to them multiple times. They might, they need support. They need their attention kept. And when you've got a lot of those, or there's a lot of stuff going on in a session where you really want to, it might not even be like on that sort of psychological, social side, but you, some of the coaching can be technically really tailored to individuals as well. And, and then you get into that, you know, how much of it have I just asked a group to, to do mm. something? Whereas I could really have done with like 10 minutes just to go and spend 10 minutes with a, an individual player to try and get, you know, some real detail yeah. in with them. And sometimes you come away from sessions and you just, you end up wishing you had more time, more bodies, you know, more of your, you know, more, more on your team. But the reality with a lot of grassroots coaching is you, you're doing the best you can and you're being as, as individualised as you can with, with what you've got and the time you've got available. And I think as long as you, you don't put too much pressure on yourself to, to try and have that, you can't be you know that tailored sort of thing with everybody all the time but you try and find the moments where you can actually have an individual you know interaction with somebody and, and that's what I think having we were chatting before we started Ben about your reviews that you said yeah. you were doing and I think having reviews is really important one-to-one -one reviews with people because you make sure that you, you are you are thinking about an individual you know you're just you're not doing a generic team oh we had a good first half of the season sort of thing you're going to sit down and and hopefully you've got you know individual targets for players um, you, you know things they do well in development areas, and and you, and if you do those reviews on the sort of four corners bit as well, then you're talking about the psychological stuff, the social side of what's going on. Yeah. So you're talking about what's going on in their home life, and and I think if you can do that a couple of times a season, then you know if you're not 100% individualising the sessions every week with everybody, but you're, you're probably keeping a good rapport with with everybody over the course of a season. I think it does help though having the numbers in terms of coaches because I have had sessions where I have quite literally done individual. We had a, in our current team a player who who was we sort of identified of with he had a real pace to it actually was his pace, but sort of touch control finishing was was not there, mm -hmm. and so I I was able to take four at least I think four weeks running I was able to take him off to one side whilst the training was going on, and just work one to one with him. And, and the improvement you saw almost straight away was phenomenal. Does help. And yeah, absolutely. And, and the difference it makes and in his finishing and his confidence that that season and the next made a massive difference to our team and the finishing in our team. And it, it lifts the rest of the team as well just by working with that one player. Because, yeah. you know, although you think, well, I'm only working with one player, that improvement lifts everybody else. And in fact, I'm hoping over the next few weeks to do a similar thing with the two sort of players we have in a similar position in our current team. Yeah. I say current team, it's the same team, but a bit older now, but you know, new players. Because, you know, they they're they're brilliant, they're strong, but there's that little aspect that just needs improvement for both of them. And if we can just get the numbers available of coaches, then myself or Mark or one of the other coaches can go, right, just go off to one side with these two two players, three players to work on this aspect for a couple of weeks because if you can get this right 
Yeah. And they get it right on a Sunday that brings the rest of the team with you. It's huge. That's a practical coaching tip, yeah. isn't it? If it people don't huge. already do it, if you've got more than one coach, you could let the assistant coach Break go and groups, take yeah. a game with the group and you just take people out for 10 minutes, half an hour, whatever it is you need with them. That's a really good tip. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't even need to be a game. I mean, I've, I've set up training sessions. As long as the coaches you're with understand the training session you've set, yeah. it only needs to be 15 minutes. You know, this is what we're doing. Once they see it up and running, it's like, right, off you come. We're going to be doing this now. Yeah. You know, I mean, have you done? Have you guys ever done actual taking individual players out of sessions to work with them? Yeah. Have you had, and have you seen positive or negative experience? Because it can also be negative, being children being taken away from the group. They could perhaps perceive it as being, are they being punished? I don't know. So, I work with players outside of grassroots football as well. So I do do one-to-one sessions, um, and the improvement in those children, players, adults as well. Because I do adults as well. The improvement in, the, in those players over the course of the summer when I've when I've had them for those weeks it's just phenomenal they go back into training and it's almost like hang on a minute where where's he or she been the last yeah. like sort of six weeks do you know what I mean like the, for the, like you said just a lot of touches of the ball that individual time where they can they can make mistakes in just a one-to-one environment so there's no pressure from if they make a mistake with me we we laugh it off so it's fine we just go again so I think it does help. I have done it at grassroots level myself, and I think it was with Mark and Simon and Troy and Dave. There was a, there was a team of five of us, and we could break off into like small groups. You could take like I'll tell you what, we'll take the back four with us today, or or I'll take the two strikers, and we'll just work on inter, in, interchanging the ball there and finishing, etc. It does help massively, massively. James, Mark, have you got experience of working either one or two players and saying, right, we're gonna. We do now and again with the girls. It's early with the girls. I mean, I said obviously with you with the under 16s. I mean, I think because with the girls being still only under 10s, yeah, to go off one on one at the moment is probably a bit daunting. Not, isn't not it? quite there yet, really. I mean, I think we've done the odd session with a few. You know, when there's only been a couple there, obviously taking me, my daughter, and do stuff with her. And again, you do get a lot more in the smaller groups, but at the moment, as the, the the age and stuff they are, that's the social side it is, and they're still developing that sort of side of it as well. Um, and again, it is that time thing, and I think the under ten girls now we've got the two teams. There's thirty around thirty girls coming. Well. Yeah. <laughs> you need three or four coaches just to do the 30s without so yeah time wise we, we struggle to do that you've got a new person to get to know pretty much every couple of weeks as there's, yeah. there's people joining so regularly so it, that is that comes with some challenges because mm. you're trying to trying to put you know imagine being a teacher and someone new joins the class every couple of weeks all the way through the school year you're kind of like yeah. you're trying to bring them all up to speed but I think with, with the younger age groups like you're kind of alluded to there Mark you can do the, the individualised stuff can be a bit more like I said with, you know, within the group setting you could just have some individual challenges for, for each girl you know so you can kind of go and just you know have a quick word in their ear have beginning a fly of the by session yeah, little fly by little balls yeah. I just say yeah. you know your, your challenge for today is to you know to have a, have a look up and scan before you receive the ball or whatever see if you can do that three times so something completely different for someone else and, and then you don't have to actually take them away and just you know do like the old 
almost like golf instruction where yeah. you're working on their swing or whatever that's that's what sometimes individual training is about with football players is really getting the technical um, mechanics right is one thing that you know is part of fixing certain things with players but probably not at an under 10s level so do you know what I mean no. you're, you're, it's, it's the right intervention and the right individual training for the right age group and, and the players you've got well actually I mean I've actually done some with, with the under 8 girls I've actually done some individualised work but I will caveat that by saying it's more of drill based work so when I've had enough coaches there I've set up drills of in round, round the cone, left foot, back round the cone, right foot, turn, run, shoot, you know, do that twice and then next one comes over. So it's that one-to-one -one session, but it's a generic based, it's not focused on this person needs it, but it's still that one-to-one -one improvement, but it's across the squad. Yeah. You know, and so that they still feel a little bit special because they're getting one-to-one, -one, you know, and, and it, it works for them. It's something you can't do as a whole squad. But it's still, I think, I think with the younger age group, it needs to be more drill-based than focused on in a certain aspect, like you said, because when, when they're younger, how can you identify at that age anyway? But I think it's, it can be done, but yeah, I think it needs to be more generic. But it's interesting as well, you say about new players coming in. I wonder if actually it might be more advantageous with new players mm. as part of an introduction. You know, awesome. welcome, come on in, we'll just work with you just to sort of see your strengths and weaknesses. Just even if it's just ten minutes, uh, first, second, third week after, we'll just work ten, ten minutes with you and do some ball skills individually. I, it, I don't know. I mean, is that what do you think? Is that an idea? It's an idea. I've never done it. It's an idea. Um, yeah, I've not. Um, I've not ever done it specifically. But then yeah. I think I, I, I don't often take one girl or one player out of a session I'll be, I'll be honest we do it sometimes but not yeah. for new players it, I think it all depends doesn't it? there's no there's no right or wrong I was about to say that there's no right or wrong way in football yeah you, you've got to get a feel for I suppose the only danger with a new player is you don't know what their reaction to that yeah, kind of being being isolated, isolated. Almost straight away sometimes you get players who really are self-conscious or, or whatever I, I think if you if you spend a couple of weeks letting them just play and then integrating the group and then you get a sense of okay I can yeah I, I know that they'll be okay with this um, I, one thing I was going to mention actually just while I remembered it with younger players I think your relationship with the parents is, is really important in yeah, terms you, of you individual the players yeah you can almost get yeah. a feel for the for the for the player and the child better by getting to know the parents as well first so I think obviously get older. That's that goes. Yeah. That becomes less and less. Does, and yeah, well, your parents drop off, and away. you don't see them anymore. But um, and and that's almost a, you know, <coughs> an easier way of doing it. But yeah. I think with the younger ones, the individual stuff, in knowing the player, you've got to know the family as well. So. Yeah. yeah, you do. You're right there. I think the fact, yeah, it helps. In terms of um, communicating with players, and perhaps looking at a bit older, how important is Technology. Now I say this because players now. I mean, you, you think back to when we were younger. I mean, when I was younger, I had a, a Spectrum 16K computer game that I, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know I'm, I'm aging myself 64. here. That I played on a, on a, on an evening or perhaps on a weekend, and I go out and do sport. Nowadays, everything's on their phones. Everything's social. Yeah. You know, the girls in even in my team, some of the girls in my under eights have got phones. Wow. They've got, yeah, yeah, and it's it's wow. not. It's not it's not X and it's not Facebook. It's 
TikTok and Insta. Yeah. And that's the interfaces that they are used to dealing with. Mm. You know, and they come along and we've got, a, we've got a generation of technologically expectant players who are looking to receive their information in modern ways. Yeah. What do you think? Maybe. How do you deal with that? I mean, I, I mean, with the modern technology, the issues that you have, say, as individuals and within teams, is if there's an argument or something. Back in our day, you, yeah, you, you finish the game. Right? You finish the game <laughs> on a Sunday, and you might not see him till training on Thursday. Or, and it's calmed down by then. Yeah. Yeah. And yet, with the modern technology, they go home and it's on WhatsApp, it's on thing, and it carries on. Yeah. So they do have that added more pressure. Especially if there's somebody being isolated or somebody being not potentially being picked or has been say they the goalkeeper's made a mistake that's cost, cost the, game. the game yeah that could go on all week or oh stri- yeah or we, we, strikers you're, you're looking at I understand I understand the yeah. negative but in terms of us in terms of trying to improve and to coach thing you know they they are now getting technology advanced yeah. and looking to receive that information in other ways so you know things such as can you be wearing your GoPro as you're working with that player and then you're downloading or uploading it to a cloud with a link to them are we looking at supplying VO and saying here's your link here's your here's your five clips here's your five clips you know is is that the way that we should be looking at going we're only a grassroots club but I'm seeing more and more uh, you know, part, I'm part of Facebook. I'm sure you're all part of Facebook yeah. groups. I'm seeing more and more grassroots coaches saying, "Come to our club. We've got VO-assisted coaches and all these other things." But you know, not just VO, but like I said, just wearing a GoPro as you deal with a player and do, yeah. working some one-to-ones with them and saying, "Right, there's a clip of you doing these things. Have a look at yourself. This is the this is what you were doing." So I've I've shared videos of where our games have been filmed by other clubs, um, with the VO. I've just said to the children, can you pick, you can watch the game back and we'll talk about it on training session. Um, I'm just, I want you all to pick three things we did well, three things we did not so well. As a collective, not individually, as a group. And that's always my thing. And nine out of 10, you'd get three or four, five, maybe six players say the same things. So they do know, and it is a good learning tool. But as for like advertising, we use video feedback. I think that's just a joke in Grassroot, at grassroots yeah. level, I've seen it. It doesn't. It doesn't mean that they, you know. It's it doesn't like correlate fake academy, to coaching quality or no, anything like that. No, not at all. I think, but, but as a tool though, as a tool, as a tool is great. As a tool is great. To be, yeah. able, to be able to say to the but, children, but yeah. also as a one-to-one, you say you give it to the team. Yeah. But how about saying, okay, here's the video clips. Here's, but not just that. You as a coach. Yeah, yeah. Saying, get even if you just use it. Say, even if our club, say our club, Fives. Yeah. Say we had it, and we've got say twenty-five managers. And so, or 20 managers say 40 games, so we, each manager would have it twice a year. Yeah. So start of the season, and then second half of the season, we'd film two games, and have the time to go through and get five clips of every player, and yeah. then off you go and send out to them, saying, look, have a look at the clips, these are your clips. I come back with positives and negatives. As, an, as a way of individually coaching players, Yeah. is that not a positive I mean it's yeah it is it is a positive I think it is it's time based I know but if you only do it say again, twice a season <laughs> if you only do it say twice co- a season and then does, the, but does that justify the cost of I mean no. of VA well yeah but as across a, cl- a club of t- across a club of 20 plus teams I, yeah. 
what, for the use that individuals would get. Yeah, not what if it was shared that. across a, a, a across a location. You could you yeah. could think outside the box if you, that everybody if you want video it. coverage desperately. You could ask a parent to record a game from a, a, a certain vantage point, yeah, yeah. or use a cheap camcorder. Yeah. There's lots of different ways you can capture it. Ultimately, how you use it. This, this goes all the way up to like Premier League teams with their statistical analysis teams, yeah, and yeah. I read a lot of stuff where people say that you can have all the analysis in the world, but if you don't know how to use it, and a lot of people don't, then the benefit of it isn't. Is, no, is questionable video to a kid is great but again I, I, there'll be kids who don't look at it there'll be kids who don't care I, uh, guaranteed guaranteed right yeah, yeah. so you've got to know whether oh, you've absolutely. got the ones that are, are, are interested so my boys have been uh, are used to reviewing their matches on videos since they were young because that's the, what the Rovers do and lots of the academies will do but they don't watch every game anymore because no. you know what I mean they know when they've had a bad game or a good game or they've done good or bad bits within a game because it's almost like you know you you kind of imprint it in your mind almost and so the videos are good they're useful but i'd say it's, it's a bit like a five percent cherry on the top nice to have thing oh, there's 95 percent i in my opinion more important stuff below it that needs to be in place first and if you've got the time and the money and the and the resources, resources. and people who can use video then they think it is great and they totally totally agree but I would say there's some there's some bigger more important things that you want to get especially right at grassroots there. especially, especially at grassroots level. yeah but I think part of the point I'm making is 30 40 years ago when I came through nothing like this existed it was only 30 years 40, 40, 40. <laughs> when I came through, this, this never existed. Now it's it's available to anyone if they got the cost. Oh, you know, so wrong. ten years from now, twenty years from now, grass. I think a lot of grassroots club will have this. Yeah. So as a as a technology, I think more clubs will go. And I think forgetting perhaps even clubs going through it. I think the children coming children, through yeah. are going to be more expectant. My girls do ask when when they, they say we be in film today. Mm-hmm. They do ask. Said it, and you know straight away oh they're up for this then if they're asking that question they're like they're up for the game yeah. perhaps not of, of, of the football being filmed but more expected <coughs> of a technological mm. teaching method yeah I mean where it is handy potentially to have that is the great British weather yeah and the amount of sessions that get cancelled so to have that as a backup like we're going to do a Was video it? session yeah we'll be in the club Link it to the TV and we'll talk about the game, watch the game back. Yeah, yeah this I was mean, last week's game because the weather's off. Come watch this game, we'll talk through it. Yeah, and that, that I mean, that is handy because the joy of saying being down here at Summerdale, the likelihood this week is zero chance zero that yeah. anything's going to be on. Um, so there will be between Fries and Red Falcons four to five hundred children who potentially yeah. are not going to do any football this week. Yeah. So or very limited so if you had topic to, for another podcast isn't it yeah, yeah, we were definitely. talking about you know what can you do to get game time up in this country when we know what the weather's going to be like every year yeah and um but yeah, we could go off subject big time could go off subject big time and lose Sweet. a few hours of this podcast yeah. but what i was sort of saying earlier wasn't to criticize video technology I think no it's same. really good but i agree but if if you're a club who hasn't got for example a clear um like philosophy of play, coaching standards, uh, DNA sort of DNA, type thing. and and yeah. you actually do the basics. If you're not doing the basics right, of you know coaching in the right way, having a and the, going back to communication, the, the the quote at the beginning where it said that you, if people don't understand what you're saying, then 
you could have all the video analysis, all the one to one coaching in the world, but if they're not hearing you and you're not you've not set some really basic, clear goals, which are much more valuable is you know, you keep football simple, keep it so everyone understands what you're trying to do, keep it fun and be consistent like that, then if you layer on a video analysis session once yeah. a month, brilliant, that's gonna help everybody. But if it's chaotic coaching where you're just, you know, you, you get teams whose coaching sessions are basically just a response to the last week's result yeah. of the game, don't you? So, so oh, this week we're working on corners because we conceded from a, a corner. Yeah. If you're that kind of- Reactive. Reactive yeah. um, environment, I wouldn't say it does help, but Fry is, is, a, is a good club. Red Falcon, very well coached club. So you, we know that, that these are tools that would help. I think you can work individually without it yeah but it's it's not yeah, you a bad can coach thing. a player without, without it so what about tailored programs specifically tailored programs with sort of individualized feedback um such as providing sort of position specific training within a program for a player so that they can see you know connections in game situations understanding tactical instructions sort of clearer and quicker yeah i think that's hugely been beneficial hugely like I said earlier, we take maybe a small group of our defenders away at some point. Where you, you want your, your central midfield player to be able to receive on the half turn, on the back foot, so they can play out from the back. Or even if it's come back to them from the centre forward, so they can play backwards. And we just, we can, just things like that, definitely. Definitely, I think it, it will help, always. When do you think is the right time to bring that in, is Ben? Because it's, it's, that's a question a lot of people ask is, you know, how... Age specific, I think. Yeah. I think when you get to 11 aside. Maybe the back end of nine aside, so sort of yeah, year seven, under twelves, yeah, under twelves, yeah, maybe uh, senior school type years. Yeah. I think before that, everything else is all development games, anyways. So you think the learning ability of the players isn't quite there to sort of fully comprehend the pitch and the sizes and the awareness? That depends. There'll, on be, your the, there'll be the old player. Depends on the player. Depends on your player, like we're saying. There'll be the player. Quite like, large. It's not necessarily. It's just the experience of the game, isn't it? So you, you haven't had. Um, they haven't had many years of experience no. playing at, by under 11, under 12, the under 9. Or watching so. as well. Uh, or watching, exactly. Yeah. So, and, and they've got many years still, if you brought it in at 11 aside, you've still got many years of, of purely developmental games to, to really fine tune yeah. the specific stuff. So, but you could get into that, now you could get into the realms of asking, well, how, how specific do you want to coach a, an individual? Because, you know, positions change as positions well. change. Always, we don't know if a person who plays defence at uh, 11, 12, 13 is going to be a defender when they're 18, 19, 20. Quite often, they you see people flip up and down the pitch. You know, you see it in the pro game and you see it in grassroots games all the time. One, one of the best goalkeepers I ever played alongside ended up to be one of the best midfield players I played alongside. Yes, man. So, like at the age of 14, he was like, I don't want to be a goalie anymore. Yeah. Okay, come play set midfield. We found another goalkeeper, and he was the he was our top goal scorer for set midfield for years. It felt like forever yeah. until we found a striker that could score more than him. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I, I, I was just reading about Rovers' new manager Matt Taylor, who um, I didn't know much about him other than he'd been a, he'd been at Rotherham and a few other clubs. So I was reading about him, and his his football journey is nuts. He started off as a goalkeeper, not super top level, but he was I think he was in around some like Cat Three academies as a goalie. I think he ended up getting released at sort of 16, 17, 18, something like that. And so he just went and played like non-league football yeah. again as a goalie. Started to do quite well, but saw that he didn't really have a, a 
game a career in the pro game you know in the horizon so he started yeah. to go to university I think it was at Sheffield Hallam University he, was, he just played as a centre back because that's they had keepers already so what he was doing is uni stuff he actually started to do really well as a centre back <laughs> um, there's a guy Jed Roddy who I, was a good friend of mine who used to run Team Bath and Team Bath went from being a uni team at the time to being a non-league uh, sort of step four team I think they were and he Chad was managing it saw Matt Taylor playing absolutely brilliant at centre back in this uni thing got him into Team Bath he then went and signed for Exeter and before you know it he's, I, think he, I think he was playing like League 1 League 2 football as a centre back went on and played like 500 odd games and he what would have been like 18, 19 when he started playing centre back no, yeah probably like 20 I think yeah. I think he was going on he, in, and then he went on and just had this incredible well I say incredible a, a decent pro career as a centre back and then and, and now he's a you know a really a, he would probably say that experience of playing different positions had somebody I, I imagine he played outfield and in goal interchangeably as a kid yeah and if somebody had just said you're only going to ever play that in, position in goal I'll, at eight years old I'll, t- I'll start teaching you only that at eight years old exactly you lose all of that well-rounded view of the game uh, it, it probably is another podcast Andrew. I'll stop now but the, the <laughs> rotation of positions is so important that I think definitely position specific training but when you get to about 15 I reckon 14 14, yeah. 14 is probably about where I'd start doing it but you say about you know game specific or game sort of game realistic and position specific when you're coaching that player you still need the players around them you st- it still has to be if to be game realistic you still need yeah. everyone else around them how you know do you do you do that on a field of 22 or field of 11 or do you do that do you still do that one to one anyone come on Mark you're being quiet you are for a change uh, <laughs> <laughs> happily listening to you like it I think it's I think again it's how you do the coaching at grassroots and how you do it when they go further on up it's, it's so different because you basic most grassroots coaches have realistically if you train a lot of teams train once a week yeah. you might do an hour hour and a half to do anything individually is probably not impossible if, if you're being realistic about it you like I said you can do the drills you can do certain things that are specific to a position and that individual you can maybe tailor a shooting drill for your attackers but then that you can in, develop the defenders into it yeah um, so it'd be great to be able to have the time to do individuals especially as they get old older um, how realistic it is I don't know no. it's a bit it, you could do it a bit like um, a bit like if you're thinking of a coaching a syllabus say and you want to do four weeks on defending and four weeks on attacking. And I often find I end up doing exactly the same practice for those two yeah. different focuses. Yeah. But you just shift your focus in the game to the unit that you want to get yeah. out of it. So the attacking practice might be the same, exactly the same setup. Maybe the information you're giving changes, yeah. doesn't it? But you're fo- it? Yeah, exactly. So you focus on the attacking unit instead of the defending unit. For the, and, and for the individual, or I think what you were saying, Andy, is you know, if you're talking about an individual, you let's say you're coaching the left winger, you're probably going to be, you need to coach them in the context of how they work with the 
midfielders, the left back behind them, the, and the striker because yeah. that's their yeah. that's, that's their, their area, that's their field of reference on the pitch and yeah. their interaction, the most interactions. So you can't really do an individual training session with a left winger no. unless you've got some form of interaction with them. Otherwise, the game realism isn't necessarily there. What do, what do you think about the when you do the one v one stuff, Ben? And you, yeah. sometimes you see the guys on Instagram who do a lot of one v one coaching. And you get loads of debates around whether it's it's better to do one to one. What sorry, uh, unopposed, yeah, unopposed single skill practice versus game realistic multi people. Yeah, and I think it's a pointless argument because the answer is that they're all good, and you should yeah, do a bit yeah, of everything, right? Yeah, You've definitely. Got a thing, but but how much time you spend doing one or the other? What what do you think? Is it so players? I I I do it for. Um, they've they have improved. Because they've wanted, they've wanted to learn, so they wanted to improve themselves. It's not pushy parents. It's that they, they want to learn. So they'll turn up, and nine out of ten, they've done the warm up with me two or three times. And I'm like, right, there's your warm up, and they go and do it. They're gonna do the warm up. I'll finish setting up what we're about to do. Today we're gonna to do this, this, and this. You said to me you want to work on your first touch with both feet, left and right. So we're gonna use a lot of lot of time doing that today, and that's just how we. How we do we use our time and then some of them want to get fitter like the older players are like can you keep me fit through the summer or make me even fitter so when i get back for pre-season my gaffer's like super stuff like they want to be top of the pile but that's when they get to 20 18 19 20 years old and some of them are a bit older than that <laughs> all right to bring it sort of back round to where we started in terms of the sort of interpersonal stuff james you're talking about the tactical thing um it was jose Mourinho who said psychological models must come before tactical models and I think what he meant there was it's no good having training sessions and tactical presentations if you cannot communicate relate or connect with your players yeah. and I think that's regardless of how you do it it's that I think has to be the key point that communication piece has to be the most important whether you're, when you're working individually or even, even with the team which we'll come on to in the next episode you need to be able to communicate with your players, don't you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. That's crucial is to be able to communicate with them, show them the respect as well, listen to them as well. Obviously, the communication's got to be a two-way thing from them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, at the moment, I do I just work some sessions. I've started doing wildcats. So I've got three to four-year-olds. You go the under ten girls, the under sixteen boys, and then the women. Yeah. And the way you speak to each age group is yeah, totally, totally different. Yeah, definitely. You, you have to tailor how you speak to them. Yeah, we called any of the women's team Poppy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> and, and, quite often do that with the yeah. little ones, and then you go to like the older girls, yeah, and I do, I do yeah. like Gloucester FA, and I'm like, I can't call. There's no nice. No. You know, uh, say mate. No. Yeah. <laughs> keep it. But yeah, the. The communication bit is just the key bit is are you being understood and uh, yeah. I, th I think I str I've struggled with that in the past I've tr gone in and thought that I've explained something really well and when they started to play it's evident that I haven't, they haven't got it and I thought back and reflected on it and thought it's not their fault I've, I've just not explained that very no, well given the information to you've tailored it to the wrong age category etc exactly or well, I just yeah. haven't what, for whatever reason it didn't it's probably, usually I find it's because I've been looking at the practice all week preparing it yeah. or I've done it a hundred times before 
it's obvious to me what I want them to do. Yeah. And then when you think, hang on a second, if someone was just telling you that for the first time, sometimes I like road test it on Nella, like she's my daughter, she's nine, and I say stuff to her and, and she'll be like, but what's, what does, I don't know, it could be something like, what does pressure mean? Yeah, what does it use the channels, channels mean? Whatever. Yeah. I use some terminology and I think, well, hang on, it seems obvious to me, especially with girls, because they don't watch, probably don't watch as, as much, much football on TV or they don't talk about it in the playground 24-7 like boys do. So I take, maybe I take some stuff for granted and I think it's worth yeah. just checking yeah. the language you're using or the, the way that you're going to go about explaining something is simple enough or is clear, it's clear enough. And, um, yeah. Yeah, it's difficult. It's, yeah, you just need to make everything clear because, like we say, individuals some some learn quicker than others. Some are f- more advanced. Some have watched more football. Some have been to more live football games. Um, and I find that the player the players that watch a lot of live football, whether that be Rovers, City, or Bitten, or Fry's seniors, or whatever, whoever, Kingsham seniors, whatever, they seem to have a better understanding of the game because <laughs> they hear those shouts as well. Like say playing it into the channels or put them under pressure, they because they hear it and they see it happening as it's been said. Yeah, it's a lot easier than watching it on the telly, watching the Premiership where it's just a wall glitz of noise. and glam, isn't it? And it's a wall of noise. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, I think we're going to come to the end of this episode. Any any final pieces you want to add in? Um, besides Ben, any final pieces you want to say about coaching the player at all? Or no, just no. other than. Make sure you understand them. And like we said about understanding the family and the parents and their background, and where they're from. Yeah. And guardians, if they're, if they're in care. James, anything at all? No, I, I, I totally agree with Ben. I think that is the most important bit. And then um, if you can find time or ways to actually spend time with them individually and not just think about the, the group session, then I think you'd, you'd be doing well. Yeah, Mark? Yeah, no, I agree with the gentleman it is. Getting to, you know, in some ways, like I said, getting to know the individuals, you, you might not have the time to spend coaching them as individuals, certainly as grassroots, but you, you, you can get to know them. And like I said, the pet, again, certainly up to under 12s, under 13s, the family, mum, dad, whatever you can do after, you know. Even yeah. if it's after a session, you go back and you have a drink or whatever in the club, go and speak to all the parents on a five minutes here, five minutes there. It will make a difference. Yeah, uh, and yeah, for me, I think for me, like I said, I've said a number of times tonight, uh, communication is is key. Communication is uh, is everything. So, um, okay, uh, we come to the end of part one. Uh, keep an eye out for part two, which should be out in a week or two. But for now, my thanks to James. My thanks to Ben. You need to thank me. Thank you for having <laughs> me. My thanks to Mark. And thank you. And my thanks to you, listeners. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. If you like this podcast, then please email us your questions, comments, random thoughts, anything you want to share with us at greengreengrassroots at gmail.com. You can contact Mark and Andy through X at FryClubJFC or Ben at RedFalconJFC on Facebook via FryClubJuniorFC or RedFalconSport. The Fry Club JFC website is www.fryclubjfc.co.uk and the Red Falcon Insta page is at Red Falcon JFC. You could also type out a fantastic review on Apple Podcasts or give us five stars on Spotify.
You've been listening to a We Haven't Got a Clue What We're Doing production produced and edited by Andy Glover. <laughs>